You are listening to community-supported radio, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. It's 6 p.m. Monday, May 10th, 2021. I'm Joyce Miller, and this is the KVMR Evening News. Right after the BBC headlines, the California Report takes us inside Project Home Key, a small but bright glimmer of hope for the unhoused people of our state. Then, National Native News reports on a new program restoring land allotments to Alaska Natives who served in the Vietnam War. Finally, after a roundup of regional news and weather, we hear from Al Stoller on what the next move could be in a state that, geologically speaking, is always in motion. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. And we start with Governor Gavin Newsom, who's making a major push to help California parents who have struggled with childcare costs and a lack of options during the pandemic. Newsom used Mother's Day to announce plans for a massive expansion of childcare support across the state, posting a message on Twitter. The governor says his proposal would provide care for 100,000 more children and also include major investments for childcare providers, like two $200 million to help with career services for home care workers. In wider state finance news, the governor is expected to announce his May budget revise by Friday. Thanks to federal aid and a better than expected economic picture in the state, there will be a massive budget surplus, although some of that money is already spoken for, with the governor and legislature approving funding for struggling small businesses and for wildfire prevention. Some of the other big ticket budget items include funding for school and how to cope with the drought. Let's turn to California's homelessness crisis and take a closer look at one solution to it. Instead of building new housing from scratch, what about buying aging motels, hotels, and vacant apartment buildings, lightly renovating them, and then converting the properties into long-term homeless housing, often with supportive services on site like addiction counseling? Well, that's exactly what the state of California is now doing in cooperation with local governments and affordable housing developers. It's called Project Home Key, and we wanted to see what it looks like and who it's helping. So we went to one Home Key property here in Los Angeles, where we met Martha Fuentes. This is my home. Welcome to my home. Here we go. Okay, <laughs> I got my kind clothes scattered here. Martha moved into this home key project last month, a 43-unit converted courtyard motel on a commercial boulevard in L.A.'s El Sereno neighborhood. There's really no way to describe it other than comfortable and me. Other than Martha's collection of stuffed animal dolls and other knickknacks she's put on tables and dressers, it looks pretty much like your standard no-frills budget motel room. But for Martha, who's 65 and was homeless for 10 years before moving here, this place is a sanctuary. We're in my home, okay? Whereas a month ago, if you would have told me I was going to be have my own, I would have told you you were crazy. My home used to be that car parked in the parking lot. That's where I lived prior to this, uh, prior to that in the streets. This is my castle. This is my home, my heaven. This is everything to me. This room is everything to me. It means the world to me. The converted motel where Martha lives is one of 94 Project Home Key sites around the state, where more than 6,000 units of homeless housing will be created. 
An earlier version of the program called Project Room Key started last year. It focused on renting motel and hotel rooms short-term for the homeless as a way to protect them from the pandemic. But then officials started thinking, why rent when we can buy properties and turn them into long-term housing? More than half a billion dollars in federal COVID relief funds, plus state money had been given to cities and counties to purchase properties, often from owners who were eager to sell because their businesses had cratered during the pandemic. The crisis created the opportunity. It's remarkable, actually. And it is the most successful program to date in my 30 years of doing housing for homeless folks that I've seen getting people directly off the streets immediately into decent housing. That's David Grunewald, a vice president of National Core, the nonprofit affordable housing company that redeveloped this L.A. motel. Grunewald says Project Home Key will get thousands of homeless Californians housed more affordably and faster than newly built housing projects. We were up and running in three months. This motel was up and running in three months, and then we were able to house people immediately. A typical affordable housing new construction project for permanent housing could take as long as five to seven years to get up and running. And in the meantime, people are still living on the streets. In L.A., new homeless housing can cost well over half a million dollars a unit. But Project Home Key units are coming in at less than half that amount. Another advantage of putting homeless housing in an existing motel or hotel instead of building something new is that it doesn't spark the same level of backlash from neighborhood groups and homeowner associations. And Miski runs Union Station Homeless Services, which manages this motel-turned-homeless-housing project. We didn't have to go through all the pain and agony of getting something built in a community and having all those voices that said, oh, no, 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 not in my backyard. This was kind of just a, hey, we're going to do it. We need to do it. It's an emergency. It was done. And, you know, were some people unhappy? Yes. But for the most part, the community has embraced it. Miski expects the people living in this converted motel and other Project Home Key sites will eventually move into more permanent housing. That'll free up the rooms for new people to move in. Martha Fuentes says she's already starting to think about her future, a future where she never lives on the streets again. You start making a budget, you start saving, you start doing little things to, br- to bring yourself back into society, as they say, normal society, as you call it. But yeah, I would love to save money and have my own place. You know, I want a normal life. But a reminder of the size of California's homelessness crisis and how much more needs to be done is just outside of Martha's room. It's a big homeless encampment right up the street. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care, now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. California Healthcare Foundation, ensuring the voices of Californians are heard in California's decisions about health care on the web at chcf.org voices. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. 
And that is the California Report for Monday, May 10th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. Alaska Native veterans of the Vietnam War era would be able to receive state land under a proposal Governor Mike Dunleavy announced last week. George Bennett of Sitka says veterans like him faced obstacles to participating in a federal program that offered land allotments to Alaska Natives. It was repealed in 1971, a time when Bennett says veterans who had experienced trauma were coming home from tours in Southeast Asia. We were just trying to survive another war within our own selves. We survived 365 days in Vietnam. We came home. We were not the same person. Few Alaska natives filed claims for allotments for most of the history of the program, which began in 1906. But thousands of claims were filed in the two years before it was repealed. Bennett welcomes the governor, proposing that more than 2,000 veterans or their heirs would be able to receive state land. The state proposal follows a 2019 federal law that allows Alaska Native veterans or their heirs to receive 160-acre federal allotments. Dunleavy's proposal would allow the veterans to exchange their federal allotments for state land of equivalent value. He says state land is generally closer to their homes than what they would receive through the federal program. The governor thanked Bennett and other veterans who described their experiences after he announced the proposal. You know, we weren't there like these folks were, but in those words that were just spoken, we can at least um, to some extent feel what our veterans go through and have gone through every day. The proposal would amend a bill the state legislature is already considering. The Navajo Nation has fully vaccinated more than 100,000 people, according to data released last week by the Navajo Area Indian Health Service. According to the tribe, that's more than half of the adult population on the Navajo Nation. President Jonathan Nez is praising the tribe's vaccination efforts and lower numbers of positive COVID-19 cases. The tribe continues to be under a number of COVID-19 emergency orders, including the reservation remaining closed to visitors. President Nez says the next goal is to reach a 75% vaccination rate in order to consider reopening the nation to visitors. The tribe last week also announced COVID-19 safety guidelines for schools to follow as graduation season begins. In-person graduations for high school and college are allowed, but only outdoors. The long list of guidelines includes time limits on events, mask requirements, and a limited number of guests. Navajo Department of Health Executive Director Dr. Jill Jim talked about the graduation guidelines during a virtual town hall last week, saying it's also up to every individual to take precautions. A lot of this is also our own responsibility. I think by now we've all learned to carry our own, um, maybe a clear Ziploc bag of extra gloves, extra masks, uh, handhelds, hand sanitizer. So if you have a little um, kit that you have um, that you travel with, um, that will be helpful. So that way um, you can just keep that with you. But I think by this time, we all have learned how to carry those um, items with us to ensure that if we need to protect ourselves, we have that accessible in our own person bag or whatnot. The Navajo Nation is not allowing in-person graduations or promotions for other grades K and up. Those are to be virtual drive through or car parades. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. 
National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by Western Governors University, an online university for working adults and underserved populations offering degree programs in business, IT, teaching, and health professions. More at wgu.edu degrees. Support by the Sanoski Chambers Law Firm, championing tribal sovereignty and defending Native American rights since 1976, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. As reported by the Sacramento Bee today, millions of Californians would get an extra $600 from the state and families with children would receive another $500 under a new plan unveiled this morning by Governor Gavin Newsom. The proposal represents part of a $100 billion California comeback plan. Newsom says he'll unveil in pieces over the next few days to help the state bounce back from the COVID-19 pandemic. As you just heard on the California report, the massive stimulus plan relies on an expected $75 billion surplus, a dramatic reversal from a year ago when the state faced a projected $54 billion deficit. At an event in Oakland today, Newsom called this a remarkable turnaround and predicted that California is going to come roaring back. A spokesman for the state's Department of Finance said the new round of $600 checks would go to people earning between $30,000 and $75,000 a year. It expands on a previous stimulus package that Newsom and lawmakers approved in February. If Newsom's proposal from today becomes law, two-thirds of Californians would receive stimulus checks from the state, the spokesman said. The plan will be a big chunk of a revised state budget proposal from Newsom's office, which is due to the legislature by the end of this week. Federal health officials announced today that children between 12 and 15 years old can now receive the two-dose Pfizer coronavirus vaccine. After months of research, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has deemed the shot safe and effective for that age group. It has amended the emergency use authorization for the shot, opening it up to millions more Americans. Until now, only people ages 16 and older were approved to get the vaccine. Today, the Nevada County Public Health Department reported 27 new confirmed COVID-19 cases since Friday. The county reports 138 active cases with five hospitalizations. It's meeting week in Nevada County with both the Board of Supervisors and Grass Valley City Council meeting on Tuesday and the Nevada City Council meeting Wednesday. The Board of Supervisors will take a field trip to the Nevada County Fairgrounds for its 9 a.m. session Tuesday. It will meet at the Pine Tree Stage at the Fairgrounds to give the public a COVID-safe opportunity to see the board and provide public comment live and in person. The afternoon session will reconvene at its usual location, the Rood Center. The Grass Valley City Council meets virtually at 7 p.m. Tuesday. The council is slated to vote on fees for commercial cannabis business permits. Nevada City's City Council virtual session begins at 6.30 p.m. Wednesday. Among the issues on the agenda, the introduction and first reading of an amendment to the city's commercial sign ordinance.
Governor Newsom today expanded his April 21st drought emergency proclamation to include Nevada County and 38 other counties. 41 counties are now under a drought state of emergency. In the weather for our region, critical fire conditions continue into Tuesday with periods of gusty wind. Tonight in Nevada City and Grass Valley, clear with a low of 61. On Tuesday, sunny with a high of 84, a low of 61, and light and variable winds. In Truckee tonight, clear with a low near 30. Tuesday in Truckee, mostly sunny, with a high of 72, and a low of 33. In Sacramento, clear tonight with winds of up to 20 miles per hour, and a low of 56 degrees. Tuesday in Sacramento, Mainly sunny with a high in the mid-90s and a low of 56. You may feel it very rarely, but the jigsaw puzzle we know as California is always in motion. Al Stoller speculates on which piece may be the next to move. I'm sure we all played with scale models when we were kids. Toy trains, toy cars and trucks, dollhouses. When we make things smaller, we are scaling down. Same trick backwards. We can scale things up. We could take little things and make them huge. Suppose I scale up a rubber band. A normal rubber band I can twist and stretch. I could put so much stress on that rubber band, it snaps. When a rubber band snaps, the ends fly back. Suppose we were to scale up a rubber band. The rubber band gets bigger and thicker. With some effort, I can twist and stretch and stress this huge new rubber band. And I can make that huge rubber band snap and watch the ends fly back. Suppose we were to scale up this rubber band, say, to the size of California. We could live on this rubber band and build homes on it. We in California really do live on a ginormous rubber band, and it does get bent and twisted and stretched. The surface of the earth is a ginormous jigsaw puzzle. The pieces of this jigsaw puzzle are continents, North America, South America, Africa. And besides the continents, there's one more very important jigsaw puzzle piece. The floor of the Pacific Ocean is a piece in the Earth's jigsaw puzzle. All the pieces of Earth's ginormous jigsaw puzzle are constantly being rearranged. There seem to be currents, rivers of flowing rock beneath the surface, pushing and pulling the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle this way and that. So Africa and South America are moving apart. Hundreds of millions of years ago, Africa and South America nestled closely into each other. India, on the other hand, is colliding with Asia. India is a bulldozer pushing up bazillions of tons of rock to build the Himalayas, highest mountains in the world. And then there are jigsaw puzzle pieces that are neither moving apart nor smashing together. These puzzle pieces grind against each other, sideways. North America and the floor of the Pacific are grinding sideways against each other. Relative to us, the Pacific floor is moving north. Relative to the Pacific, North America is moving south. 
But even as the Pacific and North America puzzle pieces move sideways, the places where they actually touch are jammed together so hard they're stuck. With the puzzle pieces moving north and south, but stuck together tight where they touch, the puzzle pieces near where they touch are getting twisted, stretched, bent out of shape, twisted, stretched, bent like rubber bands. Rubber bands were invented to hold things together. Sometimes, when things really want to fall apart, we use two rubber bands or three. On the west coast of North America, we find not one, not three, but an uncounted number of rubber bands, an uncounted number of faults, rock rubber bands that get bent and twisted and stretched from time to time, snap. Back in 1906, one of those rock rubber bands snapped big time. The San Andreas Fault has snapped over and again, which is why streams and mountains and masses of rock east and west of the fault zone no longer match up. But the San Andreas Fault Zone is only one of many zones of rubber bands made of rock. Sit on the sidewalk outside the UC Berkeley football stadium and check out the curb. The curb has broken. Parts of the curb are moving north, creeping slowly north as stress builds on the Hayward Fault Zone. Many folks believe the Bay Area's next great quake will happen not on the San Andreas, but on the Hayward Fault. And there are other faults with stress to relieve. Head down to Death Valley, east of the Sierra, and you can sit on top of a small volcano. Well, you can sit on part of a small volcano. A fault goes right through that volcano. You can see the rest of the volcano if you look some hundreds of feet to the south. This fault zone east of the Sierra is the Walker Lane. The Walker Lane stretches from Death Valley to north of Truckee. A fault in the Walker Lane snapped Thursday night, releasing just a little of the stress that builds continually as the floor of the Pacific moves north while we on North America move south. For KBMR, I'm Al Stoller. That's our newscast. Coming up next at 6.30, it's WINGS, the Women's International News Gathering Service, with an exploration of the custom of female circumcision in Sudan. And at 7 p.m., it's Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. KVMR gets support from Ben Franklin Crafts, locally owned and offering products for arts and crafts, home decor, school projects, knitting. Ben Franklin Crafts is on Sutton Way, Grass Valley, online at benfranklin-crafts.com. And Hospice of the Foothills Gift and Thrift Stores, with four locations in Nevada City, Grass Valley, Penn Valley, also rough and ready. All proceeds support end-of-life care for patients and families. Information at hospiceofthefoothills.org. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza and airs Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Have a great evening. Thank you.